a playlist original. Coming soon. 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 Hey everyone, Jeff here from Films at Home. Thanks for coming back today for the Films at Home podcast. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite audio apps, I appreciate the support. Now today we have an awesome episode because we are talking to a, a legend, legend in the video store world, um, and that is Vidiots. If you don't know Vidiots, they were just a legendary video store in the LA area. It was around for quite a few years and you know obviously video stores struggled and it eventually closed but it's been brought back by this new group of founders in a new foundation as a nonprofit, which is going to have a massive video store bringing back all 50,000 of their VHS DVD and Blu-ray titles adding more titles to that collection having screenings and a micro cinema a big theater with hundreds of seats for larger screenings and a real cool community place so today I'm talking to Sila Reyes she is the director of marketing for Vidiots and the Vidiots Foundation. So she has the inside scoop on everything that's going on there. And we talk about the video store and the experience and the nostalgia and all of the crazy, amazing things that they're doing out there now for the community. Now, one thing before we get started is Vidiots is a nonprofit. And so I figured this would be a great time to try to raise some donations because they have some pretty cool tiers of support. And what I've done is I've started a GoFundMe. So the link down in the description of this episode on your audio apps, on YouTube, I'll be posting on social media. There's a GoFundMe link, which I connected directly to the Vidiots Foundation. None of it goes through me. It goes through GoFundMe. It goes right to Vidiots. If we get to our $5,000 goal, that would mean that the Films at Home community becomes a founding sponsor of Vidiots, which would be incredible. If we go higher than that, there's other things we can do. We can have a community shelf where we pick our top 10 favorite movies, and I'll let you guys vote on what those are. You can even go up, and if you make $200,000 or whatever it is and donate that, you get to name the video store. There's all kinds of crazy cool perks, which I list on the GoFundMe. But at the very least, with 100,000 plus subscribers across YouTube and hundreds of thousands more who watch this and follow on social media, even if you can just give a dollar, I think we can raise that 5,000 and make Films at Home one of these founding sponsors, which would be a really cool thing for this community to show how powerful we are in the physical media community that we can raise this money. And like I said, I know money's tight. So $1, $5, whatever you have, I'm going to kick things off. I'll start the fundraiser with my donation. But if you guys have some money, if you want to give a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, hundred dollars, whatever you have, it goes straight to Vidiots and it supports this uh, community theater, this community video store, and hopefully a foundation that will help more video stores get out there in the future. They want to replicate this in other areas of the country. So if it's successful in LA, you may see one come to your local area. So I've set this up. 
Again, links are in the description. I'll be posting this as well on, on YouTube and on my social media and everywhere else. But if you want to support, go check them out maybe after the episode, see what they have to say. But I think you guys will be really, really impressed and go check out the GoFundMe. And if you can give $1 or 5 or whatever it is, I think we can do a really great job of helping them as a nonprofit in this world of physical media and showing our support. So go support them. Sit back, relax, enjoy the episode with Sila, and I'll talk to you at the end. All right, everyone, we're here with our interview. I've got Sila Reyes, who's the uh, Director of Marketing for the Vidiots, the, the Vidiots Foundation, or Vidiots, however you want to call it. What What do you guys prefer to go by, I guess? Are you the foundation I, or are you just all Vidiots? We're Vidiots. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, tell us tell us a little bit. Tell us a little about you, what you've been working on with this, with this project, which has been a huge undertaking. I've been following for a while now um, and, and what Vidiots is all about, what you're all about. Uh, just a little intro for the audience. For sure. So Vidiots is a video store that was founded by two women in 1985 in Santa Monica, California. And it's legendary because those two women, uh, Patty Pollinger and Kathy Tauber, women weren't on the scene in the video stores. And so when they're like, we're going to open a video store and it's going to have all the international titles and cult classics, and all of these things, it made waves and it like really affected the film community. And it was open from 1985 until 2016. And we shuttered because, you know, West side rent in California, just was like untenable. Yep. And uh, Annapurna pictures came in and saved us. Uh, and they're like, Hey, like this will keep you afloat until you figure out what you're going to do. And so our executive director, Maggie McKay spent the next three years looking for a space where we could reopen. And it turned into something so much bigger than the original video store. So we found an old theater that had been shuttered as a theater in 2000 and it's called the Eagle theater in Eagle rock. And, we had to restore all of it because it's been serving as a church for the past 20 years. And so wow. we had to restore it as a theater. It's a hundred year old theater. She's beautiful. We, the grade and the slope is, it, everything is different. We're going to have our 50,000 title collection in there in the video store. We're going to have a 35 seat micro cinema flex space community center where we can do workshops and whatnot. We have a beer and wine bar and concessions that aren't just going to be, for the theater, but it's a place where people can congregate and talk about movies before or after the film. And then we have a 271 seat uh, big house theater and we're going to have 35 millimeter, 16 millimeter and DCP. So wow. it's 11,000 square feet. It's a pretty sweet spot. And uh, yeah, that's what Vidiots has become today. Relaunching June 1st. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I was going to say, but by the time this episode goes out, it'll be uh May 26th. So you're, you're T minus one week at that point to, uh, to opening, but yeah, it's been, it sounds like it, I've been following along and it's been an incredible effort, the whole restoration. And then, I mean, I just had to move 3000 movies from one house to another a few months back. I don't know how you did 50,000. That must've been quite the undertaking. Yeah. And the, the movers that moved us out of the store in Santa Monica moved us out of storage, um, like two weeks ago, I think. And it, it was emotional for everybody because like one, it is a huge undertaking, but two, it's like, you know how it is. You have 3000 movies behind you. Like each one of those titles <laughs> that like, they mean something. Yeah. So you, for us, we're like, we want to share these with people. So to get them out of boxes and back onto shelves, like that's super exciting. 
Yeah, I mean, there's got to be stuff in there. I know it, it, it's said on the website, like there's stuff in that VHS collection and that DVD collection that has, like, m- people literally have probably not seen since it closed down in 2016. Like, this is stuff that's just not out there, which is, I mean, that's why physical media and video stores are so important. Like, I, I get, I was scared the other day when Netflix said, oh, we're not sending DVDs to the mail anymore. My first question was, okay, where are they all going? Cause you probably have a bunch of stuff that aren't in stores. Like it's really important, this preservation of media. So I, I love what you guys are doing with that. Um, and you know, is that, is that part of the, the goal here as well as to sort of celebrate, um, you know, celebrate physical media, but celebrate like preservation and film. You said you're doing some screenings of film reels and I actually saw Justin Liberty, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, who works with vinegar syndrome. He's big oh, yeah. into that. He's on the he's on the board, so he's one of the advisors. So I was like, okay, you must be into that side of things too. Like, is that going to be part of what this foundation does? Absolutely. So, like, we are physical media. One is paramount for the health of film and film lovers forever because we're seeing stuff with streamers nowadays that is like you know, like you could be watching a show and then that show could be gone forever. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to access it. And the filmmakers can't even access their own work. And so right. physical media, like if you want a legacy, if you want a actual history of your work to exist, it has to be physical. And that's why it's so important that we're there. But more than that, like it's a community thing. Like the feeling that you have when you're going, when you're streaming through, like being like, what am I going to watch? What am I going to watch? It's not the same as when you're, like you have DVDs and Blu-rays and VHS in front of you and you're like, oh, this cover calls to me or this is exciting. And you like get the stack together. And that's something that needs to be generationally passed on. There are so many young people that have never had that experience. They don't even know what they're missing. And it's like, there are things out there that could change your life if someone just like handed you a DVD and were like, watch this movie. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, even... At my age, like, I, I don't know, I guess I'm still young. I'm 30, but like, I pretty much missed the heyday of video stores. Like, I kind of caught the tail end when it was essentially like Blockbuster had scooped up everything and was the franchise and there was nobody else except, you know, a handful out there of independent stores. So I really didn't even get to experience that, which is why I've been, I think that's why I got into physical media in the first place was like, I want to build my own sort of video store collection, like, I want to be able to come down here on a Friday night and be like, all right, which one of these is speaking to me right now versus scroll, 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 algorithm. What do they want me to watch? Yeah. Like, you know, what, what's pushing the most money for them? It's like, that's, it's really not that fun. And I, you're right. That younger generation needs to experience this. Yeah. And like you have it, let's say, let's say you haven't seen half of the movies in your collection right now. How yeah. exciting is that, that you get to like go downstairs and be like, well, I bought this for a reason. So I'm going to put this in and like, let's see how it affects me. And like, that's super cool. And like, in addition to that, like, you know, I we're the same age. I also got like the, the blockbuster experience, but yeah. I got to go to Vidiots as a kid too. Um, Cause I'm from here. And the conversations that you get to have with people who are equally as excited about film in just like a pure cool way, like, you can't get that anywhere else. You're not getting that on Twitter, like for sure, but you can get that in a video store. Yeah. That's one of, uh, it's one of the things that is severely, I I have a, a local retailer, Bull Moose, who sells physical media and is like sort of, they're only in New Hampshire and Maine, 
that's about the only exposure I get. I mean, there are no video stores left in this area. I mean, there's not many left anywhere. And you do that community aspect, as much as I love, I'm on YouTube, I've got a podcast, I'm on every social media platform. I think that was partly because too, I was looking for a community of people who cared, <laughs> who really yeah. cared, because you can't get that in person anymore. Like, I think that's what's so exciting. But what you guys are doing is, and, and I've talked to other people out in LA and actors and, and people in the industry, and they're like, it's crazy. This is the hub of entertainment, like in the world, this is Hollywood and we don't have video stores and theaters are closing down. And it's like, if it's happening here, how can this sustain anywhere else? So I'm very happy to see this coming back to the heart of, you know, where all the magic happens because um, that's a scary thought. It's a scary thought to not have these things. For sure. And like, we're very lucky. Like there are incredible independent video stores in LA. Like we have video tech and we have mm -hmm. like these cool little independent places like whammy and like those are awesome. And we want to show people eventually, like once we're open, that this can be replicated around the country. Like we're a little nonprofit. We don't have big money behind us at all. Like the fact that this relaunch is happening, it all came from small donations. Like that's unheard of in a nonprofit, like fundraising sector. So like if we can do it, other people can do it. Maybe they're not going to open an 11,000 square foot theater, but like sure. a video store, like there's a community run in Baltimore um, that is slipping my mind, but like it's totally volunteer based and it's yes. open on the weekends. I talked and, to them here on the podcast. Oh too. my goodness. Like yeah. that kind of stuff is what like the future can hold because yep. we're all craving it. And especially after, you know, 2020 and like quarantining and all of that, like we're hearing what people want is to feel connected to each other in real life. And we can only do that by coming together and like making these spaces. Like that's, that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. They, uh, it was funny when I interviewed them, that was their sort of thing too. It was like, look, if, if we can do this, like we want to try to spread this, we want this to happen in other major cities. I think it's beyond video. I think it's yes, their yes, name. beyond. Yeah. So they were, they were great. I had, I had them on, we had a great conversation about this same kind of thing. Cause it is, it's not only just the the video store too, but what you're doing with the theaters, like these these small independent theaters where you used to be able to gather and like do cool screenings and like they're just slowly dropping off too. Like I have a hard time finding them, which sucks. I can get some down in Boston. There's a couple of some really good independent theaters, but like up here, not much, not much around the, you know, the upper New England area. Once you get north of Boston, it's just, you know, those are really cool places that even just micro cinemas 50 people get 50 people together screen something really cool that nobody's seen that community experience just can't be replicated like i don't care what they do with vr and i can put on a headset and watch a movie with my friends that's not the same we're not in the same room we're not experiencing the same thing um so i, I like that aspect of what you're doing too i think that's an important part of the community is is the theatrical piece that is like, it, it, I don't know, it's it's sort of coming back, but it's still sort of struggling. Like post COVID, it has it hasn't fully rebounded. It's tough. It's it's how can you ask people to go to a movie theater where they can barely afford right. to get tickets for a family of four plus concessions? And then they're like, oh, well, you know, that cost me more than my weekly groceries. Right. You can't ask families to do that. So like for us, like our prices, 
like we're keeping them as affordable as possible. And like, we're going to have a program so that, uh, you know, younger generations, like I believe it's 18 and under, they're always going to have a discount because like growing up, going to the movies with your friends used to be something that was like totally within reach and fun. And it was something that you made memories around. But now if you're like asking some teenagers to be like, Hey, you're going to throw down a hundred bucks with your friends to like go to the movies and have some popcorn. They're not going to be into that. Like we have to save spaces for them. And I think that like, unfortunately there's, there's just so many theaters closing right now because you know, we haven't been able to reach people in the same way because economics or whatnot, but like, that's why I think, especially here in LA, like having a, an affordable space that provides equitable access, like it has to start here. Cause if it's not going to start here, how is it going to work anywhere else? Right. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be the the catalyst. Like, I mean, that is, that is the hub. And so I think, you know, I hope, I think you guys will be successful and I do hope that it can spread because there are these other hubs that deserve something like this. Like I would, there's like nothing, the East coast, there's nothing on the East coast. I'm thinking about even like New York doesn't have stuff like this really. Like that's another hub. It's like, you know, we, and I'm scared because where does that next generation of like creatives, where do they get their inspiration from? Cause it can't just be, and I love social media as much as the next guy, but like, it can't just be like YouTube videos and TikTok and what's trending on Netflix. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, nobody, like you have to go back a little bit further than that to truly like get a full scope and a full appreciation. And otherwise like the stuff, yeah, it starts to slip away. I don't know how, like when I was 14, I went to the movies every Friday. It was 10 bucks, like all in was like, I get a popcorn, a ticket, $10. Now I'm looking, I'm like, all right, I got two kids, got to get a babysitter. Okay, IMAX tickets, oh, they're 28 bucks a piece. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's insane. It's now a $250, $300 night. It's like, I I mean, it's not attainable for most people on a weekly basis. So that's partially why I think the home video thing is important too, though, because it gives people access to that stuff in a more reasonable way, even new releases. Yeah. And I like, we are having a program I'm super excited about, like speaking of getting a babysitter, um, (laughs) (laughs) we're having screenings called bring your own baby. Um, and so like the lighting will be lower and the sound levels are going to be a bit lower and the movies that we're going to be programming won't have anything that's going to like disturb your child. So like, hopefully some parents and caregivers can get out there and be like, I'm going to have some me time. My kid's going to be asleep. Everyone yeah. else around me has a kid. Like, it's fine. We all know where we're at. Um, and yeah, because like, it's tough. That's you smart. Should, you shouldn't have to like give up what you love or have like two hours where like you're like, oh, I would like to be around others, but I still need to take care of my child. Yeah. And like, why not do that at the movie theater? If like, you know, you can. We, we want that I- to happen. I think that's super, I mean, I'd be there. I think that's super smart. Like that is, that is the struggle. I think it's just like, if, if you could bring your kid and it wasn't like taboo and you could just, okay, yep. Everybody recognizes they're here. That's a super smart idea. Cause I think that's a huge, that's another huge barrier. Like it's, it's financial, but it's also like, you know, people can't afford to go out and pay the babysitter and, and not a lot of people have, you know, 
not everyone has a babysitter. Not everyone has family that can help them out. So that, that would be huge for just access. Um, that's super smart. So do you have any other program? Like what else are you guys cooking up like other program wise? Hmm. Okay. So let's see. I'm trying to think of like what, what, what I can say so far. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're doing a really cool program with this Filipino collective called a bunch of savages and Eagle rock, um, has huge Filipino community. So we're doing a bunch of movies that like are just from that era. Cause like a lot of people know who Tarantino is like, right. Mm-hmm. Like a household name. Right. But like what a lot of people don't know is like what movies was Tarantino watching in his video store to make his movies. There are so many eighties Filipino action movies in that. And it's like, most people have never seen them. Most people have never even heard of them. So like, we're going to do like cool stuff like that, tying it back into the community. Um, and to film as, as a whole, and what else are we doing? We have amazing founding members like Vinegar Syndrome. And another one we have is uh, Monkey Paw Productions, is Jordan Peele's company. Yep. And so we're doing some programming with them. And that's going to be super cool. But like, yeah, it's, let's see. There, and there are some like ones that like we're, we're planning on and we're hoping we can find like a cereal sponsor for instance so we can do cereal bar saturdays which is like watching <laughs> program cartoons with cereal for like all ages because like i you know you can be in your 30s and still want to do that uh, <laughs> which is totally fine yes confirmed <laughs> i wish i could um, do that every saturday morning <laughs> Um, so like we have a lot of cool international programming, repertory programming, and we also are doing some like second run and new releases. So like, we're going to have something for everybody. It's not all going to be like super independent. Like you have to know all about film to appreciate what's going on here. Mm. It's also just like, like we've spent years talking to people about movies that they love. So like a lot of the stuff we want to program is based off of conversations we've had with customers and filmmakers about like, Hey, what inspires you to make your first movie? It's not always what you would expect. And yeah. like, that's, what's cool about it. So like, we're, you know, we're trying to bring in all of our old, like client base and customer base and, and see what they want. They want to do. We're going to program that. And there's going to be like music and, all this stuff. We're doing something with the Bob Baker Marionette Theater, uh, who are like our besties on the east side. And we're gonna have like movies that use puppetry, and then we're gonna have like puppeteers from the theater, and like it's gonna be a blast for the families. Um, like we it's so funny when we're like talking about programming, there's so much intersection between what would be okay for all ages and like what people who are already adults also want to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like a lot, a lot of that, it's just going to be like intergenerational fun stuff. And, like after everything the world has been through in the past three years or so, like our mandate is to bring community and happiness. And like, we're not going to do a bunch of like Debbie Downer dark movies at first. We're just like, let's have a good time. Like let's enjoy being in the theater and laughing together. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love the intergenerational stuff is like, that's, 
I wouldn't say that's why I had kids, but like, <laughs> that's <laughs> it's it's not it's not a con. Like that was one of the pros of like I'm gonna get to share this with like a next generation, and like how incredible is that to watch something with your kid for like like I just can't wait. I've talked about this before, but like imagine not having seen Star Wars and just like not knowing the twists, and then when he gets older and it's like you've never seen seven and you don't know how that ends. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, it's just, that to me is like mind blowing stuff. And you know, when it first happens, 14 year old kid doesn't even probably appreciate that moment, but like I'd kill to go back to that and like have my memory wiped for one movie and watch it again for the first time. Like that's such a cool experience. So I, I love like in the cartoons and stuff we grew up on, like, I have all my Nickelodeon cartoons. I got them all in a DVD box set because I don't even know if the kids will care, but like I'd love to try Angry yeah. Beavers or Rocco's yeah. Modern Life or like I have them all because I'm just waiting for like, all right, we're going to pop this in one Saturday and just like see if they attach to it. And then I'm going to be the happiest guy in the world because oh, I'm going to get to rewatch these. Yeah. Uh, like, can you imagine, like, like, okay, so, like, introducing someone, for me, if I was to introduce someone to Cowboy Bebop for the first time, like, <laughs> I've just changed your life. You're welcome. And now you're, like, so much cooler. And, like, I think that, like, like I see Jaws behind you. Like, when we do Jaws, like, oh, I'm just imagining, like, that's the my first favorite. time you saw Jaws was with your parent on a big screen. Like, hopefully that's a memory that you're going to take with you for the rest of your life. Like, I, I still haven't seen Jaws on a big screen and I've seen the movie like 12 times at this point. Yeah, that's my all, that's funny you said that's my all-time favorite. I think I saw it when I was like 6 years old on a VHS tape and I was on Cape Cod where they filmed it when I watched it. Like went to the beach afterward, naive 6-year-old like whatever. I wasn't afraid because I was too naive. Um but my wife saw it for the first time on the big screen. She had not seen it. We were like uh we must be like 21, 22. Um, I took her to one of these independent theaters in the, in the Boston area. They were showing it at the Coolidge corner theater and, uh, 35 millimeter. She had never seen it before the jump scare under the boat. I mean, she almost, everybody laughed and she's the only one who screamed. <laughs> like every, <laughs> everybody had seen the movie a hundred times and she had literally never seen it. So, um, yeah, I was very jealous that she got to do that for the first time. Like that's a super cool experience still talks about it and i you know for a kid too and for families that is awesome so love that love that idea spreading the community joy stuff that's just been severely lacking in the last yeah. few years we need more of this and like making it an event i think that's the cool thing too like i wish more theaters would do that like make it it's not just that you go and see the movie but like experience it with the community and talk about it afterward and have have music beforehand or have somebody there, you know, go back into the video store after the movie's over yeah. and talk like that experience is severely lacking in a lot of theaters. It's like you leave and you get in your car and you go home and that's yeah, it. No, but like, what if the movie like blew your mind and you're right. like, I need to see everything else that this director has made. It's like, great. Go to right. the video store. We got you. Yeah. Or like, like I was, um, I introduced my boyfriend to best in show. A couple of years ago, he'd never seen it. It's awesome. And ever since, he's been like, "Can we watch something like Best in Show?" And I was like, "There's only one Best in Show." Yeah, that's but, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our video store director Robbie has like encyclopedic knowledge of our video store, so he has pretty much fifty thousand titles memorized, which is wow. a feat. Yeah. Uh, if you come visit us, you and Robbie. 
got to talk. He's like a delight <laughs> to talk to about movies with. But I was like, Robbie, like I, I have a conundrum. Like my boyfriend's been asking for best in show for years. I really, I don't have anything. And he was like, listen, like, yeah, it's very specific. That's a tough one. But why don't we try these? And I was like, thank you for handing me a stack. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. We're going to try it out. I was like, everyone should experience that. Yes. That institutional knowledge has been just like lost. There are these people out there with those encyclopedias. I mean, that was that was like Tarantino sitting in his video store. Just that guy that like you could just ask and he'd be like, yep, let me pull this obscure 1970s kung fu movie that nobody has seen but me off the shelf and be like, this is exactly what you want for your tastes. Like no algorithm can do that. No Google search can do that. It's like, go ahead and Google search, you know, movies like Best in Show. And it's just like going to give you other movies by the same director or just like mm-hmm. other comedy movies from the 90s and 2000s. Like, that's it. There's no yeah. there's no depth to it. And that's missing. So I, I love a guy like that. Like we need more of those people and oh, more 100%. spaces for them. Because like who can <laughs> – there's no algorithm for vibes. Like right, not right. yet. <laughs> it's not human. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's super important and like there are so many people who just want to talk about it and also don't feel like necessarily safe talking about it because you're always afraid someone's going to try to one-up you or be like, no, that mm-hmm. person wasn't in that movie and you don't know anything you're talking about. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what if we're just cool about it? And yeah. I feel like the internet's become like very kind of like combative in a sense of like expertise. Um which like there's also these beautiful pockets of the internet, which I love very much. Like, you know, marketing has, has showed me that there are angels everywhere, but it's still always better in real life when someone's like, Oh, you love this. You've got to check out this. Yeah, no, it's the, that is the, uh, that's the beauty and the danger of the internet. There are those good pockets. I'm a marketing guy too. I do digital marketing for in my day job. So like, yeah, there's some <laughs> there's some stuff that happens on the internet. I think we all know it's horrific. And in the film community, there's a lot of that. Like it's gatekeeping, essentially. I guess like it happens to me all the time. I post a lot of short. A lot of what I do on like TikTok and stuff is usually like, if you liked Evil Dead because that just came out, like here's five other movies you should try. Because I'm just trying to get people to try new stuff. And I'll pick five that I know are not like super obscure, like only on VHS, never before seen, but like pretty obscure. And I always get the people who are like, I've seen all of these. None of these are, you know, these are not, you know, they, they one up me. These are terrible recommendations. Everybody knows these movies. Meanwhile, 80 other comments are like, these are great. Thank you. I didn't know four out of the five of these on the list. Like, yeah, there's always that aspect of it. And I do, I think it, I think it turns people away from like having that conversation with, with other people who are into this because you're, you are afraid to be one upped and you're afraid to be told like you idiot, you don't know, you know, foreign 1960s, French noir. Like I I don't either, but I love movies. So I'd love to learn more. Like the gatekeeping is that needs to stop. I, I, that's what drives me nuts about it. Cause you're just blocking people from enjoying new things. Yeah. And like, I, on videos, team videos in general, like we have filmmakers, we have programmers who have like decades of experience. Mm-hmm. We have like the most incredible film nerds that you could ever meet. All of us have gaps. All of us have yeah. some just blaring, like, no, I've never, I've never dove into like German expressionism. 
and other people have. But you know what? It's all good because I know things that maybe you don't know and we have a conversation and we learn instead of right. like like expecting everyone to know everything all the time is impossible and really damaging. And I can imagine extremely intimidating, especially if you're like a kid who's like, oh, like I want to be like so-and-so, but I don't know any of this stuff. I don't have any of this equipment. I don't know what is even possible. It's too overwhelming. I'm just going to do something else. Like right. there are so many incredible independent films that like look like they are low budget, but they're still incredible. And it's like seeing that when you're younger is super inspiring because then you go, I can do that too. Um, so it doesn't just affect like film audiences. It affects filmmakers and yeah. what we're going to get next. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. I remember my first, my first film festival when I was probably like 19 or 20 where I'm, I'm walking in thinking I know movies and I came out of that and I was like, okay, I don't know movies. Like <laughs> they, these people are making some wild stuff, creative, abstract, um, the documentaries that people make, even the shorts. I mean, there's incredible, incredible work out there that definitely inspired me to like dive deeper. Like if I hadn't had that, you know, I'm still, all right, I'm watching Star Wars and Marvel and whatever, you know, mainstream AAA titles coming out. That's me. I know movies. It's like, it's so much deeper than that, which was, that was eye opening. So I imagine that video should be the same way for a lot of uh, young people in the area. I think they're going to be blown away that like there are 50,000 movies like period because <laughs> like how many does Netflix have or, or, you know, how many are on Amazon? Like a few thousand, like there's yeah. way more than in 50,000 is still just scratching the surface. Like yeah. there's millions of these movies out there. Yeah. We actually were trying to beef up our collection because between 2016 when we shuttered and 2023 now, a lot of movies came out. So yeah. we have to get all of those movies. Um, and we are getting all of those movies. I was going <laughs> to ask, is that the plan? Just keep going, like to grow that 50,000 kind of catch up, I guess. Absolutely. It's super important. Um, especially like in our neighborhood, like when they were doing virtual learning um, mm. during COVID, 65% of the students didn't have access to internet. And oh. it's like how if they don't have access to internet for their education, how can you ask them to have access to all the streaming platforms? And like, no, that's just not possible. So like if you go to the video store and rent something for, you know, your kids, so like a couple bucks, maybe um, that's a lot more accessible. Yeah. And no, that's for important. For sure. Yeah, I think that's an underrated aspect of the whole streaming thing is that, there are, and I don't, I don't think people realize this. There are lots of people in this country and of course across the world that don't have internet access or don't have it at nearly the speeds you need to like stream a movie, like watch a movie. Mm -hmm. Like you're just not going to be able to do it. You might have some sort of like, you know, dial up level collection connection at this point, which is the reality for millions of people. And, you know, I think that was, that I heard a lot of people get upset. The Netflix DVD thing was like their lifeline. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I'm in the middle of South Dakota. There's no video store. That's how I got my stuff. How do I get my stuff now? So, you know, I, I hope we can spread it because that's a good point. Nobody talks about that. It's always like, oh, well, streaming, you know, the ownership aspect, the preservation, the fact that stuff disappears. Yes. But like millions of people can't even get on these platforms. That's kind of terrifying for that next generation like how are they experiencing things 
Yeah. And like some of our greatest filmmakers came from very like humble beginnings. Yeah. And so are we just going to pretend that like those children don't have the talent that they need to make it? That's, that's grossly unfair and untrue. So like we have to do something there. There has to be a way to get them arts education, no matter what. Yeah. Well, that, and that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. The art just being stripped from every school. My wife was a, she stays home now, but she was an elementary school teacher. And it's like the way that they make you teach the kids now, it's like, where is the, is, is there any creativity left in there? Like, are we doing art or are we just like, no, it's like math science, which I get important, but like, we also need creative people. We're all going to be pretty freaking bored in a few years when nobody's making anything (laughs) like, in 20 years, the world could be this gray, boring place full of just nothing creative, which would suck. Like, nobody wants that. We need those creatives. Yeah. No, that's not a world I'm very interested in. No, no, I'm good. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go make my own somewhere else. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be on the first ship to some other planet if that happens. We'll start over and try again. Because <laughs> yeah. that, yeah, nobody wants that. But I think what you guys, I mean, you have the support clearly, like the, like you mentioned, the fundraising aspect of this was was huge and i was reading through too some of the names that have backed i mean you mentioned vinegar syndrome but just like companies like a24 letterbox sony you mentioned monkey paw criterion paramount and then the names through here i was just elijah wood mike flanagan kelly marie tran lily collins samara weaving Patton oswald personal favorite of mine mary elizabeth and charlie day because i'm a huge sunny fan so i was like oh so happy that they're (laughs) in on this um but yeah, the and Lake Bell, I know, has been hugely involved too. Huge. I've been seeing on the social media. So you've got a really good supporting cast there too of people in this industry who believe in it, which is awesome. And that's really off of the strength of our executive director. Maggie McKay was a programmer for 20 years. She's worked at Sundance, LA Film Festival, all of these things. And she built relationships. Like this woman has built relationships with everyone because she's probably the most incredible person to ever live. Like I've never met someone who is so beloved by every single person just by one encounter. And so she has been wearing videos on her sleeve, just like she's, she's working around the clock to make this happen. And for a long time, it was only her on staff. And then like two more of us joined. And now very recently we have people hired to work in the theater. So that's super cool. Um, But yeah, it's literally been like, hey, person who's in this industry who we know loves videos or is in the neighborhood, come see our construction site. Like, mm. it's nothing yet. Like, we had people there in the dirt, just like, <laughs> this is where the theater is going to be. Um, everything is going to change. Like, it, you just got to, like, see it. And now that, like, you can, finally can see it, um, it's like, oh, this was worth it. Like, that that donation like might not have meant a ton to some people, but to us, like it means everything because we put every single dollar into restoring this theater and like getting open. That no, it's awesome. And the, the list is certainly impressive. And there's a lot of there's a lot of good names for backing this and hopefully, you know, more more join and more come. But I think that's a it's a really cool way to do it. And just like the whole like crowdfunding aspect of it, like speaks to the community too, like the community part of things. And I assume like what drives us in the future is essentially like ticket sales, memberships, like it's going to be community that, that drives this stuff. Right. 
Yeah. It, we would not exist without our community. And the only way we're going to stay open is with our community. But that's why it's so important that we listen to them. So like, mm. we're really into like, I'm super engaged. Like if you follow us on Instagram, like the person you're talking to is me, like every single <laughs> time, like I'm trying, I, without an actual physical brick and mortar space for the, you know, the duration of this construction, asking people to believe in us and stick with us has been like a big ask because like we didn't, we started construction right in like fall of 2019. We had no idea what was coming. The supply chain issues, the pandemic, Mm. none of it. Everything has stretched out so far because there's been extreme circumstances every step of the way. And so like the best that we can do is try to create like these little community pockets. So like if I'm talking to someone on Instagram, I want them to feel like it's a video store conversation. Like, let's talk about your favorite movie. Like, yeah, which movie is your favorite from this director? Or like, oh, you're not into this director? Who are you into? So like these are the moments that have helped build us and we need to keep creating them in real life for us to like happen. But like, yeah, the biggest ways to support us, annual membership, um, you know, coming to the video store, coming to see a movie, you know, buying popcorn, which everything is going to be equitably priced. So like people should be able to like come in and out with like snacks and a ticket and a chill time for under 20 bucks. Like we can do that. We can make that happen. All right. I'm glad to hear it. Cause that is, <laughs> that's, I feel like that's sort of the sweet spot for a movie is like, $20 and under. If you're somewhere between like 15 to 20 bucks with like ticket, a drink and a popcorn, like perfect. That is the sweet spot for like well worth a night out. And that's going to keep people coming back. But I even saw the membership. I mean, an annual membership on your, your lowest tier was like a hundred bucks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even $10 a month for what you get from that. I was like, this is a great deal too. I don't know how that does. Like people must be jumping all over that for the access. That's an incredible. I mean, you spend more than that just on one streaming service in a year. Never mind the seven that you're supposed to buy now. Like that's yeah. a deal. On a, you basically have the greatest video service you could have for a hundred dollars a year. I mean, yeah. there aren't fifty thousand titles combined on streaming services that you're paying a thousand dollars a year for. That's absolutely true. I think we, the numbers have changed, but. Typically, like if all the major streaming services combined all their titles, we still have three times as many. As, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're never going to run out of things in our store right. to watch. Right. That's awesome. Um, and I mean, I saw like there's other stuff you're doing too, which I think is smart. Like the, you know, if you get a membership, like we're not going to deal with the late fees, all the stuff that people hated about video stores. Like it feels like you're trying to fix, which is, I think, what it needed to be successful in today's day and age like it's a smart it was kind of a broken business model in a lot of ways like maybe that was just blockbuster and corporate just kind of sucking everything up under one roof but it got kind of broken towards the end it was tough like as an independent video store like patty and kathy put in uh an annex so they could do like uh little screenings and like those would always sell out in the original Mm. video store and so like there and this is forever this is just like where we live there's always this battle between capitalism and like the love of film right so like videos from the very beginning has been for the love of film and the community has supported that but when you start talking about like oh the big you know corporate stores 
who are like, I'm going to come for you and your late fees. There's no human right. element there. And yeah. it's, it's like, that really isn't the, the model and it shouldn't be because like, who needs to go after people who are like, Oh man, my kid got sick last night and I can go to the video store to return the disc. And so right. I'm getting punished for that. How is that? That's not cool. Like, right. <laughs> we're all doing the best we can. Yeah. No. And that, that human element, I think, I mean, I think that's what you're seeing going on right now with the, uh, the writer's strike and everything is we're fighting, you know, you're fighting the corporate greed and this whole artificial intelligence thing, like is so scary for creative people. I, and I, being somebody who's all for creatives, I'm like, how could you ever just try to produce things with a, the human element is just gone at that point. Why would I watch it? Why do I care? I'm not connected to the actor. I'm not connected to the filmmaker, the writer, the cinematographer, like the, the composer, there's no connection. What am I connected to a computer? Like, nope, it's not working for me yet. I don't know. Computers, they're they are not that great yet that I want to be friends <laughs> with them. No, no. We all watched her. Most of us have watched her. Like, it's not yeah. necessarily. Again, that's not the want. world I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. Uh, but, no, that's the, that's the entire thing. Like, even when you were watching movies, like, when you watch a movie with practical effects versus complete CGI – you have a different feeling. Yeah. So like if someone's in actual danger, you can somehow, you can feel it and you can see it, but you can't say, well, it was because of the angle of the actor's body that I felt real danger. It's like, no, that's not something that could really be captured. It just, it is what it is. Yeah. And CGI is not going to give us that. <laughs> right. in, in a lot of those early movies, they were in actual danger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Many, many times they were in danger, which, yeah, I mean, credit to all the stuntmen out there and the people who did that, stuntmen and stuntwomen and the actors and actresses who put their lives literally on the line for movies. Because, But you, you're right, though. Those have the most imp- – there are some, like – there's some actual stakes there, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is what you're – yeah, is what you're missing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love this. I mean, what do, you, what do you guys have planned for, like, the big opening? What's, what's June 1st going to look like for everybody? Well, we do have like a bunch of pre-launch events coming up before the opening for our okay. major donors. And we have something for our annual members and like, we're just going to have some open houses. It's going to be a fun time. Nice. So by the time we get to June 1st, uh, June 1st should just feel like a party. Like people have asked us like, are you going to have an opening party? And we're like, no, us opening is the party because we also don't want anyone to feel excluded. So like, if you want to come see like a film on June 1st, you don't need to like get the exclusive party invite. That's like Mm. the antithesis of who we are. So like June 1st, can't tell you the title, but it's going to be awesome. And everyone's going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, And then the whole weekend we have screenings with our community partners. We have a, incredible slate our programming team is like all of us are wearing multiple hats but like has been working so hard to put a slate together that people are going to be like the idea is you look at the movie and you're like i love that movie or oh my god i haven't seen that movie in like 20 years i have to see that movie that's pulling at my heartstrings so like every single movie honestly all of June, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to go home because like, if I'm not <laughs> at each one of these screenings, I'm going to be missing out on something. Um, 
So hopefully other people have that feeling as well. Yeah, you need some bunk beds in the back of the theater <laughs> somewhere for people to just – you need a monthly uh, rent pass. that you just, you just live there for the month. Beer, wine, popcorn, and movies. I can do that. I wouldn't I, yeah, be mad at that. That's not bad at all. That's, <laughs> that is, there are worse ways to spend a month. So that's that's cool. I, I love it. So, yeah, where can um where can somebody like me, someone who's not out here, if we want to get involved, right, and we're not – I don't think I'm going to make it for June 1st. I got a four month old, but I want to get, you know, people like me want to get involved. Like where can we donate? What can we do? I saw there's merch too. Like does all of that stuff kind of help and go back to support it? Cause I think it, it's super like, I would love to see one of these come to the East coast or come to a place like Chicago or Austin or, you know, all these cities that have these great creative scenes. Um, so how can, how can we support? How can listeners and viewers support? The easiest way to support us is through our website. We have all of the different like ways. So if you're not here and you're like, I can't become an annual member because I'll never use it. That's cool. You can like name a shelf in the video store. So if you're like, I, you know what? I'm a Miyazaki fan. I want my name on that shelf. Like we have so many options where you can donate and have a shelf named after you or name a seat in the theater. Um, but even if you're like, I just want to, you know, buy team videos of coffee and donate five bucks, like every single dollar counts. And we have all of those ways to support on the site. And yeah, we do have merch. We are going to be selling merch through our brick and mortar almost exclusively until we can get ramped up again, because our executive director has been shipping all of those packages on her own. <laughs> My like, God. It's she. <laughs> She is a very busy woman. So we're like, yeah. can you just take this off of your plate just for a little bit mm -hmm. and we'll ramp up online. But, you know, beyond that, like following us on, on socials really helps. We're on Blue Sky, Twitter, and Instagram and uh, Facebook. Nice. You got the Blue Sky invite. I don't have mine yet. <laughs> we got the invite. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good deal. But yeah, I mean, I'm already. Now you got me thinking. I'm like community out there. People listen. I'm like, can we? Uh, maybe we can crowdfund like a films at home shelf or something. Like, let's make it happen. Let's put let's put our minds together here and <laughs> make something happen. Let's get the community out in LA going. Um, but that's super cool to be able to just sponsor those different pieces and different parts. And just like, I love that that way to get involved. And so when I eventually do make it, maybe maybe our name or our community name will be somewhere in the store that I can see. That would be great. Yeah, we have tons of people who do that. They crowdfund and like we're like, hey, when you can come visit your shelf, like it's Love there it. for you. Like, yeah, that's super cool. Well, so it's just it is vidius.com, right? I think it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? It's uh, vidiusfoundation.org. Not as straightforward as I said. Vidius <laughs> Foundation. What I did is I went to Google. I typed in vidius. And so I just assumed vidius.com. But vidiusfoundation.org. And I'll we'll link this. This will be in the description, video description, audio description. We'll, we'll link all the socials as well. I've been following you guys for a while. I mean, it, the work is, it's just incredible. So it's really cool to see it, you know, coming to a head now and, you know, you're, as we're talking, we're what? We're, we're two weeks out, which is which is wild. So yeah. congrats on that. I know it's been a long road because I've been Thank following you. for for a long time, watching and waiting, and I oh, all the crap that's gone on has not been helpful, but we're there. So it's super exciting. And just, yeah, thank you for coming on. I just wanted to congratulate you on it. It's You're there, and it's happening, which is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, 
And thank you for following us through the journey. Cause like it's we're, wild. we've been posting about construction. We're like, we promise we're going to get to movies soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, well, that's what I keep waiting for. I'm like, eventually I'm going to see those 50,000 movies on shelves, but that's the payoff, you know? But yeah, it's, it's been awesome to watch. And I, I think what you're doing is incredible and the whole team's done a great job. So best of luck. Hope for all the success in the world. I'll definitely get the word out. We'll see if we can't, maybe we can crowdfund something here and make something happen. That would be super cool, but we'll be in touch, but thank you so much for the time. This was awesome. Just talking about the project and, you know, I, I hope it can be replicated because it's much needed. All right, guys. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode. I thought Silo was great, super informative, super fun to talk to. We talked movies, we talked videos, we talked about what's going on in the video store. They have so many cool things that are happening though, like these local uh, community screenings, the Filipino screening series um, that she was talking about. Just the fact that they're bringing back 50,000 movies from basically storage containers back into the community and giving people community access to films and especially like younger generations or, you know, people who are, you know, having a hard time, maybe they don't have internet, they don't, they can't afford to pay for streaming services. Like they're going to open this up to the community for very reasonable prices and allow people to experience film. And that's where we're going to get the next generation of creatives and directors and filmmakers and cinematographers and the next generation of just movie lovers and physical media enthusiasts. So I love what they're doing. And again, we mentioned it in the episode. I mentioned it at the beginning, but I think we can do something here with the Films at Home community. So the GoFundMe link is going to be in the description. All of that money goes straight to videos. Again, I don't touch it. I have it set up through GoFundMe. It goes straight to their pockets, straight to their foundation, straight to their work. And if we hit that $5,000 goal, Films at Home will be a founding sponsor of Vidiots, which is something I think we can all hang our hat on and be proud of. So I'm excited about this. Whatever we end up raising will be great to go towards them. But if we hit that goal, that would be a really cool validation of how strong this community is. And with 100,000 of us, you know, if, hey, if everybody gave five cents, we'd hit $5,000. So how about that? Think about how much of an impact we can make, even with just a dollar per person. It's really incredible with how large this community is. So whatever you can give, go give. I'm going to kickstart things. You'll see some money already in there when you go to view this because... I'm going to already have donated my amount, but I appreciate all the support for the podcast. Vidiots appreciates all the support very much. And I want to make sure that nonprofits like this, you know, they survive and they are successful and they have our support. So go support them. Check out their website. Vidiots um, is going to be open in LA basically next week uh, as of this, the time this episode's dropping. So it's going to be open in early June of 2023. If you're out there, go support them. If you're taking a trip out there at some point this summer, go check them out. It's a great location. It's a great idea for a new community hub, and I I wish them all the best. So thank you for listening to this episode or watching if you're on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed here on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this one, leave me a five-star review and let me know why. Uh, Whether you're on Apple, Spotify, you can leave reviews there, and that helps other people find this podcast about physical media and the love of movies. So we all appreciate that. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Go check out that GoFundMe. Stay safe safe, stay healthy out there, and I will talk to you all soon. Coming soon. Be sure to subscribe to the Films at Home podcast using your favorite app so you don't miss another episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review this podcast, which helps us out tremendously. You can also help support us by watching our short form content over on YouTube and TikTok by searching Films at Home. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at films underscore at underscore home. The intro and outro were created by Elon Osborne.
Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.